The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quinarius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, (coughs) and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated, please. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this night, a birth, a new being, a new era of salvation has begun. Amen. So this Christmas night, starts out in the text with the Romans' trumpets blaring, an order coming from Caesar Augustus when Quinarius was governor of Syria. And the world jumped, and they all went to be enrolled. This is the impact of the Roman domination. One man, one Roman man, issued an order 
and throws the whole world into motion as long as that one man is Caesar Augustus. So Mary and Joseph and the others are Jews. It's important to remember that the Jews were a conquered people in this Roman world. They were subject to the whims and rages of both the distant Roman rulers and the all-too-close Roman army. That's how life in the outlying provinces were. Order was maintained at any cost. The tribute, the taxes, were exacted to support the Roman home provinces. If we start this story of Christmas in chapter 2, we see the power of Rome. And you know that Rome is controlling everything. But we don't start with chapter 2. We start with chapter 1. A long chapter. Eighty-some verses in that chapter. And it starts before Caesar Augustus gets to order anything. So in order to understand this night, we need to start at the beginning or we miss the whole story. So Luke's story starts not in chapter 2 with Caesar Augustus and trumpets, but it starts in the Holy of Holies, in the temple, that dark, quiet place, in the center of the temple, in the center of Jerusalem, in the center of the universe. It starts with an old priest married to an old woman of the priestly tribe of Aaron. The old priest encounters an angel while carrying out his priestly duties of worship, bringing the world into balance inside the temple. It starts with Luke. Luke's story. It may be a Roman world, but it was a Jewish universe. And that universe doesn't care what Caesar Augustus is thinking. Gabriel talked to the old man. And then Gabriel the angel talked to the young Jewish woman. And that woman was courageous enough to talk back to the angel. Courageous enough to accept the prophecy. To accept being pregnant, even though it may cost her her life. So why does Mary do this? Mary sings to us the Magnificat. And in that song, we learn that everything will be turned right side up in the world. The powerful will be brought down from their thrones, 
and the oppressed will be lifted up. The hungry will be fed with good things of creation, and the overstuffed will be sent away empty. The Jewish people will remember the promises all the way back to Abraham. Caesar may be issuing orders, but it is God who is keeping the promises. And there's more. When Mary accepts her role, she begins by running to the hill country of Judea, to the shelter of Elizabeth's house. You remember the old man, Zechariah? He's there, but he didn't believe the promise, and so he is quiet. And it's the two women living out the promise of God. The angel tells us that Elizabeth is Mary's kinswoman. Doesn't say that much more. But if it's named as a king, kinship raises the possibility that Mary and Elizabeth, because they are related, both of them are daughters of Aaron, a member of the priestly family. And priestly families appear to marry only within the clan. And so that means that Joseph, too, is of the house and lineage of Aaron, of the priesthood. That means that Jesus, who is named by Gabriel to be on the throne of his father, David, is also of the house of Aaron. So in this Messiah... We have one who is of the priesthood and one who is of the kinship of David, making him related to the king. This one being born is bringing balance and protecting the world. That first chapter tells us about the importance and the power of family. Mary faces danger, and what does she do? She goes to the family and is sheltered. That's what family does. When Caesar makes plans to dominate the world, what he actually does is reunite all the families of the world. Mary and Joseph, along with all the other families, go back to their hometowns, and they are linked up with family. That's what family does. That's why it's important to note that we might say that the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible that we just read says they went to an inn. But if you take the word that says inn and you go to Luke 22, that same word 
is translated guest room, where Jesus has his last supper with his disciples. So we ought to be saying that they went to the guest room in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph and Jesus are sheltered with the animals, not because the inn was full and they were alone and friendless, but because the family guest room was full and the members of the family did not turn them away. The family provided shelter and support. We think about the family. Twelve years later, when Jesus is leaving Jerusalem and Mary and Joseph travel an entire day before they realize that he's not there. Why? Because he's with family. And at the end of Luke's story, when Jesus is being crucified, it's the daughters of Jerusalem to come out to mourn for their brother. That's what family does. So Jesus is born, surrounded by the family of David, surrounded by the family of Aaron, the priesthood, surrounded by an angel that's talking to the shepherds. And the angel says, a baby is born to you. Doesn't say a baby born to Mary. Doesn't say that a baby was born to the family of David. It says a baby is born to you. We, looking back on the story, put in the word Savior is born to you. We're adding something that we know will happen. But the point is that a baby is born. The saving work has not yet happened. And the good news is news that a birth has taken place and a baby is born to a family. And the shepherds end up being part of that family. Having heard the family news, like all people, they go to the baby and congratulate the parents. My uh, prop just left. (laughs) And we look at the baby and we say, oh, it looks like Uncle Joe, or... Oh, it's going to be a piano player. Or whatever happens. But the angels have an advantage. The shepherds have heard the story of the angels singing in the night. And so they tell what the words are. They tell the message. And Mary reflects on it. And she treasures what has been said because that's what mothers do. And this is the most important part. And we are the family of Christ. And we tell his story this night and tomorrow and the days to come. 
Why? Because that's what the Christian family does. Amen.